Thanks, Ben. Hey, everybody. Are we on? Yeah, hello. Great. Thanks so much, Joe. Um, the better JP in Grace Church on sound today. Um, it's really nice to uh, to see you all. I'm, uh, yeah, JP, we've been there, the lesser one. Um, and yeah, if it's your first time here, it's just a really nice welcome to our um, family today. Um, and in in the course of, of preparing this, this message this week, I have just had this, this growing sense in, in my heart fr from God, shared with the team, we've been kind of talking it around a bit, um, that today um, God really wants to encounter us um, in quite a special and profound way um, that brings breakthrough um, in lives, that I suppose restores something of um, what's been so difficult over the last couple of years of um, in the room, spirit ministry, life-changing encounter. Um, it's been so hard, hasn't it? You know, just being socially distanced and then distanced over Zoom and um, you know, masks and uh, all of that. Um, that he wants to do something quite um, special today. And um, I don't know if um, today is the day that ordinarily we would have chosen to do something like this, um, knowing that um, many of our minds are um, elsewhere, thinking of... Uh, the crisis in Ukraine, and um, but just a growing conviction, uh, isn't it often scripturally in the midst of adversity um, where Jesus surprises us and um, meets with us in ways that we don't expect um, and encounters us and changes us. And when we're just away from the norm, where our minds are in a bit of a different place, sometimes the just the, the kind of knocking from heaven in our hearts just meets in a I suppose, a, a, a particular special and, and tangible way. So I'm anticipating that this is one of those Sundays where it's, um, the guy got up to speak at quarter to 12. We still finished, not, what are we on? Quarter to 11. Uh, we won't still be going by then, don't worry. <laughs> we'll still be finished on time. And um, I think he's going to do something um, in our hearts, particularly kind of in areas where we feel stuck, particularly in areas where we feel I just need the touch of Jesus right now. I don't know how I'm going to get on to um, the, the next stage. Um, I feel uh, disappointed. I feel angry. I feel excluded. Whatever it might be, I think Jesus wants to bring breakthrough. So um, I'm going to um, speak, um, hopefully, for um, less time than we would uh, usually speak for, and then we're, um, we're going to create a bit of space um, for, for some ministry. And just recognizing, I suppose, as a first step that um, I don't know everybody's situation in the room. And um, I, I, I don't know the shoes that you have walked in, and I don't know what you're carrying as you um, come into the building today. But, but Jesus really does. And um, he knows every detail. He cares about every detail, every facet of your life. And he wants to be with you. He wants to help you. He wants to bring breakthrough. And um, we're going to look at uh, the story today of Jesus um, cleansing a, a man with leprosy, who actually would have said many of the same things. You know, I feel very stuck. I feel excluded. Uh, I feel disappointed in God. I feel I don't know where my next step is going to be. And um, so we'll see what happens. I called this message the kind king, because I think that's what Jesus wants to show us experientially today, that he's not just someone who kind of happens to enjoy being kind, but as the king as well, who stands in all authority over everything, including the situations we're praying into, actually he brings his kindness amongst us. 
If there's one thing I've learned as a Christian kind of down the years is that Jesus is more kind and his goodness goes deeper than I can ever articulate, um, ever know. There's always more um, of him. So let's, let's j- jump straight into the scripture. So this is um, Matthew chapter 8, uh, reading from verse 1. And here's what it says. When he, that's Jesus, came down from the mountain, great crowds followed him. And behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, see that you say nothing to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a proof to them. Lord, we submit ourselves to your words this morning and the guidance of your spirit. We pray that you would come and encounter us as we dig into it. Amen. This, um, this passage in Matthew it is one that when I first studied it some, month, some months back, it totally and utterly captivated my heart. I I spent days just being blown away by the grace and the kindness of Jesus that it shows. And I remember an experience where um, Emma and I had a a spa day booked in. And uh, yes, I enjoy those. Um, Not the treatments. I still find those a little bit weird, if I'm honest. Emma has all of them. But, um, you know, I quite happily kind of sit by a pool, read my book, and apparently it's quality time together. So happy days. But um, we, we were going to this spa thing and um, the place had like totally lost its power. So we got there and clearly nothing was, was going to happen. So we ended up in some retail park trying to kind of find something to do. And um, I was in the midst of just this like, wow, isn't Jesus amazing? And Emma understandably disappointed. I, w- I was gutted too, but I think I just wasn't very helpful. I was just in this kind of, Jesus is amazing. He touched this leper's heart and it totally transformed his life. And I think I just in this place, because this passage... It's like a beautifully patterned rug. There's so many threads of meaning that you can pull on, each one which is full of color and full of gospel truth and full of Jesus himself. And if you've been around church for for a while, you'll know that we're in a series in the book of Matthew um, at the moment. And we are doing this series because in all that we found in the last couple of years and the uncertainty and the disappointments and things that just are, I suppose, starting to air themselves even now after the the couple of years um, that we've had and challenges that still continue, the best thing that we can do as is the subtitle of of the series, is to be with Jesus. Just to hear how he interacts with people, to see how he changes lives, to spend time being with him. And so we've been journeying through and we've seen Matthew introduce Jesus as the savior, as God the king, come to save and be with his people. In, In January, we were on the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus preached, which is a vision of life with Jesus as the king. And at the very end of that, the verse just before we started reading today, uh, it talks about how the crowds that that were uh, following him were amazed by the authority with which he spoke and taught. And so there should be no surprise at all that in verse 1 of our passage today, it says that there were great crowds following Jesus. And having taught what the kingdom is like, chapters 8 and 9 in Matthew, just after this Sermon on the Mount, now become Jesus demonstrating 
his kingdom, what it means for him to rule and him to reign. And they are fast-paced and they are full of hope. And there is three sets of three miracles showing the plethora of areas over which Jesus has complete and utter authority. There's a, a, a dear friend of mine in Grace Church, his name is Zoltan. He's uh, facing very serious um, uh, cancer diagnosis and undergoing treatment um, at the moment. And uh, I know, Zoltan, you are watching today and we are standing with you, that God would be with you and in, uh, interrupt the, the pattern, uh, the trajectory of this uh, and uh, heal you in the midst of it. Um, but when I just spent some time with him a couple of months ago, I just read Matthew chapters 8 and 9 um, over him, over his life, because these chapters, they show that there is no area into which the kingdom of God cannot extend. There is no sphere of your life that disinterests Jesus. There is no circumstance he cannot change. The kingdom of God is breaking out in and through us. That is the promise of Jesus. And so we find in verse 2 that um, a leper comes onto the scene. And uh, you may see in your, your Bible a little footnote uh, to indicate this, this term covered several um, skin diseases. But uh, as many of us will know, uh, leprosy, Hansen's disease medically, um, is a horrific and visible skin condition that um, spreads the cessation of feeling across the body. But that wasn't actually the, first, the, the worst thing in first century Jewish society. If you had leprosy um, in, um, in Palestine, first century AD, then you would be considered ritually unclean, spiritually contaminated, if you like. And it was one of three ways that you could. The others would be if you'd uh, touched a dead body, you would be ritually unclean. If there was any kind of discharge of bodily fluids, so sex periods, whatever, uh, you would be spiritually contaminated. It was a temporary thing. But what you would have to do is you'd have to separate yourself from the rest of society. You couldn't be with your family. You couldn't be with your friends. You couldn't worship God in the temple or in the synagogue. You'd be put out of the camp, excluded. In fact, the Mishnah, which is a, a collection of Jewish oral traditions specifically to do with purity, it records how if you had leprosy, you had to stand 50 paces, that's probably the length of this room, I'd imagine, away from anyone. And even in the scriptures, Leviticus chapter 13 talks about that as you approached people in the distance with leprosy, you would have to cry out, unclean, unclean, as in, I am coming, and if you are near me, you'll get contaminated. The trouble with leprosy in ancient times was that it was notoriously difficult to cure. So the leper would have been perpetually unclean. It would not have been temporary. They would have been excluded to what one of the commentators, Michael Green, calls a living death. And he goes on to say that never has there been a condition that so illustrates the spiritual condition of mankind. You know, we may or may not be battling diseases or conditions ourselves in our own lives, but I'm sure we can all recognize something of the leprosy of our hearts. You know, that feeling of uncleanliness at the things that we have done or things that have been done to us, feeling the need to hide from others, maybe even God himself, 
because of the brokenness that we feel or because we're afraid of people's reaction when they see how we are truly looking right now. We can feel excluded, can't we? We can feel on our own and we can wonder if things are ever going to change. Back in the um, glory days of the 1990s, I had, um, I had a Nokia 3210. Anybody here have, have one of those? Yeah, you remember Snake on it and all of that kind of thing. And also coincided with my first ever attempt at a relationship, which um, didn't go very well, needed to, um, needed to come to an end. And so I was about to end this relationship. And me as a teenager at the time, and, and texting was just becoming a thing. It seemed to be replacing communication. Um, I had genuinely no idea that it was a very cowardly thing to end a message, uh, to end a relationship by just uh, sending a text. Sent this poor girl a text just you know, saying it was over. And um, you know, look back on it, you know, absolutely horrified. But I, I remember um, a couple of days afterwards walking into school and being pointed just from a distance, uh, but I heard what the, um, one of the girl's friends um, said. She said, that's JP over there. He dumped his girlfriend by text message. <laughs> and how many know that sinking feeling where you're like, oh no. Uh, in that moment, my heart felt a mess. I felt like I couldn't go within 50 paces of her friends. I felt relationally contaminated. I felt like I was wearing a visible stain that everyone would know. My heart felt leprous. A leper came to Jesus and knelt before him saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. How many times do we hear our hearts saying that to Jesus? If you will. I feel dirty, Lord. Make me clean. What does Jesus say? Stretched out his hand, touched him. I will. I am willing. Be clean. And you can picture the leper, can't you, needing to push through whole crowds of people that he shouldn't have been anywhere near. Crowds that he would uh, ritually, but possibly even physically contaminate and put his whole hope in Jesus, not turning him away and saying, what on earth are you doing here? I will, says Jesus. I just wonder, is God doing something in your heart right now? Whatever that burden is that you're carrying, however you would express it, is he just knocking on the door of your heart? Because there's, there's a pattern here. I wonder if you spotted it as we go through the story. Jesus came down. The crowds gather as Jesus made himself available. And then he stretches out his hands. And immediately in that moment, the leper is made clean. And then he is commissioned to go as a witness. You see, most diseases needed healing, but leprosy also needed cleansing. And Leviticus 14 in the Bible says that actually it was only a priest who could pronounce that. That is someone who represented the people to God and God to the people, a God-man, if you like. And in asking Jesus to pronounce him clean, this leper spoke truer than he knew. And what did Jesus do? This kind king 
he touched him. He entered into his uncleanliness. He didn't condemn him, but he took the social stigma and the shame upon himself. And then rather than being contaminated by it, he beat it with the contagious power of his holiness, knowing that his true contamination was to come on the cross. In essence, Jesus swaps places with him. The leper was freed, Jesus was shamed. The leper got life, Jesus got death. Put out of the camp. In 2001, I submitted my leprous heart to Jesus. I came to him, I said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. He said, I am willing, be clean. And in that moment, just like the leper, I was made whole immediately. And actually, he didn't just cleanse me, but he gave me a whole new heart. He gave me a new identity, a new status as his child, a new freedom of grace upon grace. And even when the old me rears its ugly head, he is still faithful to encounter me. My leprosy has left me. And if you have put your trust in Jesus Christ, then yours has too. Free to live for him now. You see, there's, there's a number of things that are going on here. There's not just the fulfillment of those Leviticus 13, 14 purity regulations, but there's a parallel with 2 Kings chapter 5 in the Old Testament where Elisha heals Naaman the leper, and Jesus is showing that he is the better Elisha. There's a parallel with Isaiah chapter 9 in the Old Testament where Isaiah sees God and because of his impurity, he thinks that he will be condemned, but instead he is cleansed. But actually, the main thing here is that in placing this story right at the start of chapter 8, just after that Sermon on the Mount, this is the first specific healing that happens in Matthew's gospel. Matthew is showing us not just that Jesus is willing to change lives and shift circumstances and redeem the world, but that this is the very reason that he came. Is Jesus really a kind king? Our hearts ask, will he meet with me? Does he know and care about my situation? Well, just look at how in these chapters eight and nine, Jesus heals this leper, and then he heals a non-Jew, a Gentile, and then he heals a woman, all of whom were excluded in different ways in first century society. Look at the way that he heals yet more uh, sicknesses and bodies. He heals cultural divisions, and he heals family members. He stills literal and figurative storms. He talks to people about everything, jobs, life, family. He challenges, and he forgives. He befriends the lonely, and he gives hope to the gloomy. He sets the captives free. Just look at the way that Mark in his parallel account says that Jesus did these things, moved with pity. Some translations even anger, angry at the intrusion of evil into our lives and the effects that it has. Look at the way that Jesus uh, enables us to overcome the cries of unclean and unworthy and you're not good enough and you shouldn't be doing this and everyone else is better than you. He enables us to overcome those things and presents us free and blameless before the Father. Jesus has total authority. And now he's your king, executing the royal decree of his kindness. 
And so for this leper, it, it all started with a decision, which is how it will be in just a moment for us all. A decision to admit that actually everything is not okay, but to publicly say, I need the touch of Jesus on my life. I wonder how many of us feel that right now. I, I just need the touch of Jesus. I don't know what to do. I need the touch of Jesus. Maybe you feel dirty or stained, hurting or stuck, excluded or angry. Jesus wants to encounter you gently, carefully. And he, he met your deepest need at the cross. So how will he not now graciously meet all else, encounter you and commission you? Because that's how this story ends, isn't it? With a commissioning. It's very uh, limited at this point. You know, it's, Jesus says to Lepers, say nothing, stay within the Jewish world, go to the priest and do as the law says for now. But even in this, the, the, the seeds of a greater and wider witness are being shown. And in a moment, we, we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to come afresh. And we're praying for fresh encounters that lead to fresh commissionings. Not just in the like, go, 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 let's go do all the stuff. But a commissioning to persevere, to keep fighting the battle, to know Jesus with you, and to go again. He's so kind, but he's also your king. And the two together is life-changing. So let's have the band up. And um, I'm sure the atmosphere of the next few moments will continue tomorrow in, in the, the worship night, tomorrow night, 8 o'clock. Um, here's what we're going to do. Um, I'd encourage you, if you someone who um, prophesies regularly, just to uh, stir that gifting amongst you. And... Um, yeah, let's, let's stand together. And we've got to go all out for this. Jesus has asked us to do it. What we're going to do, you guys in the middle are going to absolutely hate me. I'm going to ask you just to, if you can pick up your stuff and just begin to move towards the back. And if you could start to unhook some of the chairs. And we're going to create a nice big space in the middle here. And as that's happening, we're just going to begin to worship Jesus together. And then we're going to take some prophetic words and just give opportunity for response. If you're feeling like you need the touch of Jesus on your life, whatever it might be, he's going to come and encounter you.